there's a lot of things I'm thinking, but I try my best to you know, stay positive. You know, it sucks, but that's <laughs> what, what other choice do I have? You know, go in the hole and be depressed with everybody. You know, everybody you know? I still got a job to do. At the end of the day, we get paid to win football games. And so that resolve and all that kind of stuff is good because it, it shows you who has it, shows you who can count on when it's tough and when crap's hard and when football's hard. Uh, for sure, it shows some things, but you can't like, I don't feel great about it because that means that we were down. But it does let me know who I can trust, that's for sure. You kind of have to just flush this one immediately and, and get on, move on to the next week. Just crushed my dreams. Boom, sadness, that's the one. Joining us now from ESPN is Paul Gutierrez. Uh, Paul, I want to, I think I want to talk more about Derek Carr's press conference than the embarrassment that was the loss there. Um, do you think he was trying to, without actually saying it, throw some guys under the bus saying they don't work hard and during his press conference yesterday? Yeah. Thanks for having me on it. And yeah, it's, when, you, when you're talking about the bus later on in that same pressure, you could hear the bus, you know, I don't know if he was throwing them under it, but you could hear it backing up. You hear the <laughs> beep, 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 because he tried to back up and backpedal and say, well, just because I'm saying that I know who I can trust doesn't mean I'm not, I'm saying I know who I don't trust. So it was, it was kind of bizarre in that he, he was trying to get his point across, but then he tried to backpedal as well to talk out of both sides and, you know, not really offend anybody, but get his point across. And then later I also asked him about the, the midfield logo stomping thing. And he, there was a long pause there as well. And he said, well, all I'll say about that is, um, I'm, you know, I'm going to support my teammates. So it was obvious he didn't agree with that either, but he wouldn't say that either. So it was, it was very strange. So Derek Carr, I don't think he's ever actually named a, a teammate or, or called somebody out like that. But when you're eight years in and you lose a game like that, that essentially ends any legitimate playoff hopes for you. I mean, don't you kind of think Derek Carr might be better served if he does come out and say, hey, these guys don't work hard enough and actually like owned up to calling people out. But that would be going against his character, right? I mean, he's never done that. So it's strange. It's almost like with Derek, you feel for him, and he's almost there to that point where you feel, okay, now you're going to see some some genuine truth to how he really feels. Um, and, and then he kind of, like I said, you hear that bus backing up, beep, 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 he backs it up and backpedals. And, and it's, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm not going to try and get into the heart or the head of the man. Um, you know, like I've said, I've covered him since he was a rookie in 2014. And you see these trends. You see how how he responds, and we're not in that locker room. We don't know exactly what he says and what he does in there, but it was eerily similar to the night when this whole thing just fell apart back in 2017 in Washington when uh, he didn't participate in the player protests. And that's not his fault. That you know He didn't lose a locker room that night, but it was strange that still nobody will go into the, exactly what happened that night. But uh, you know it was interesting. In 2017, he didn't participate with the other players who took a knee, and then yesterday he did participate by going to the midfield logo. But you watch the video, he and Marcus Mariota are the first two to book out of there, and they're looking at each other like, what was that about? <laughs> All right. So how does this happen where a team obviously is excited to play a game against Kansas City? It's not like you're walking into this and it's like some trap game against the Jets and you're looking ahead to somebody else. It's obviously a game they're excited for, a game they need to win to make the playoffs. And it's not like they lost to the Chiefs. It's not like they went in here and lost by 10. Like, how does that happen where they give up a defensive touchdown on the first play of the game and just are a complete no-show in one of the biggest games of their entire season? Um, all I can say is I'll put up that gif of Bruce Willis from one of my favorite Christmas movies, Die Hard. Uh, welcome to the party, pal. I mean, you've seen this thing happen <laughs> time and time again. And, and 
And yeah, I mean, to to not show up, I mean, that's less surprising to me than if they had gone in there and beaten the Chiefs. Uh, you know, they, they, the Chiefs just own them lately. That's all. That's you know, that's just the way it goes. And I've covered the Raiders long enough to remember when they used to beat the Chiefs pretty regularly. So it's just a strange thing. It's a strange thing going on with this team right now. It feels like it's completely rudderless because now you know it's not just the head coach, the interim head coach, who's probably not coming back next year, but but general manager Mike Mayock might is probably on on uh, high alert. As is Derek Carr. Um, you know, do, do they? Do they have the fortitude to go ahead? Does Mark Davis really have the, the, the desire and or the fortitude to go ahead and blow this thing up and start from scratch? Because you do that, it's probably for the betterment of the health of the organization going forward. But for the next two to three years, you're definitely going to see nothing but you know opposing fans take over Allegiant Stadium, too. So which way do you go? Yeah, so the idea of Mark Davis rebuilding, because obviously since he's you know, been the owner of this team. They've had the one playoff appearance, but it's mostly been failed season after failed season. And I feel like if, if the Raiders, you know, lose yesterday by 10 points or something like that and go on to miss the playoffs by a game or two, I could understand Mark Davis being like, Oh, we're still almost there. Let's bring in somebody that's, you know, just going to take us over the top with a few changes, but like the loss yesterday. And if they have another blowout loss to, to end the season here, like, I feel like that's enough to even push Mark Davis over the edge of saying, okay, we're not anywhere close. Everything's got to be changed. Yeah. And, and, you know, that's interesting is that's what happened in 2017. I mean, 2016, they go to the playoffs, they win 12 games. They're actually 12 and three when Derek Carr goes down with a broken leg. Um, and, and they're, they're looking like a legitimate Super Bowl contender. 2017, uh, they get the vote to move to Vegas. So there's all that uncertainty going on. Jack Del Rio loses the locker room with that, that Washington protest situation in the locker room. Uh, Marshawn Lynch comes in and alters the chemistry of the locker room. It just becomes an untenable situation. So the feeling is, okay, John Gruden's going to come in, and this roster doesn't need to be blown up. It just needs to be scrubbed and shined up and, and go from there. Well, John did the exact opposite because, uh, you know, he wanted to put together the team the way he saw fit. And they seemed like they were starting to turn the corner here in year four. And then, again, it's been breathtaking, uh, not in a good way, but to see everything that has happened to this team this year, from John Gruden's emails to to Henry Ruggs to Damon Arnett uh, to you know a loss on the field like yesterday, it's just been it's been a bizarre situation, and it's it's one of those weird things where I'm still telling people, yes, buy my book with Lincoln Kennedy, buy my book with Lincoln Kennedy, <laughs> but it's so amazing to me that that thing is already you know no, nothing that happened this year is in there, and that's probably uh, so interesting that people want to know exactly what happened this year. So you're going to write a new book then. Uh, stay tuned. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So there's still some games to play. Hunter Renfro said it yesterday. They get to 10 wins. They can still find themselves in the playoffs. Like the season's not over. I don't know how much the rest of the season means though, but do you think Mark Davis blows it up? Like, do you, what do you think his thought process actually is at the end of the season? Do you think he wants to start over completely or you think he goes into it and says, Hey, Derek Carr's good. Or Mike Mayock, you know, he'll get a fresh start because, John Gruden's not here to tell him what to do. Like, what do you think Mark Davis' thought process actually will be? Yeah, an educated guess based on covering this team for a long time and having numerous conversations with Mark Davis. I'm going to use his figure, the 51:49 that he told me when uh, Mike Mayock took over football decisions. I'm going to say 51:49. He's probably more in favor of blowing the thing up right now and, and going forward. That's probably not the best uh, analogy to use, uh, blow up. But yeah, I, I, I do believe that that when he sits down, he probably looks at this and goes, you know what, this this needs to start over, and 
while Derek has been a good soldier and he's he's done everything right, um, it might be better for all parties involved for just a fresh start and to begin anew. And again, from the Raiders' perspective, so, well, who do you sign to, to fill that void? Um, you don't know because you don't know what you really have in Marcus Mariota yet either. You think they'll play him? Like they could have played him yesterday in some of the you know final drives in his blood. Do we see Marcus Mariota at all? That's the big question, I think. And and, and it's time to ask Rich Passaccia. You know what's what's holding. And he, and he kind of was asked that yesterday because yesterday the, the the reason to ask, hey, did you ever think of playing Marcus Mariota yesterday was for Derek Carr's safety. <laughs> <laughs> you know that's usually not because Derek was ineffective. It you know and it's one of those things where even though they got blown out yesterday, you can't really put it at the feet of Derek. I mean five turnovers. That you know, and one of them was Derek's. Um, that that'll tell you something there. But it, it's it's strange. And to me, like last year, the biggest uh, missed opportunity was not starting Marcus against Miami. Now it wasn't Derek Carr's fault they lost that game. But if you start Marcus Mariota and he plays well, at worst you've got two great trade chips to go into last off season with. Uh, by not playing him, Derek Carr gets his four thousand yards passing. But you're still no closer to finding out what else you have. You already know what you have with Derek Carr. Do you think there's like, I don't know, too like too much respect for Derek Carr? Like, why won't they? Why do they seem so hesitant to give Marcus Mariota, you know, garbage time or games that don't matter at the end of the season, especially when Carr's coming up? And like, is there too much respect that Carr? They just can't do it. They can't put Carr on the sideline. Well, it's one of two things. I mean, I'm not trying to speak for Derek or even Rich Passaccia here, but the sense I've always gotten is that if you ever bench Derek Carr for a non-injury, non-safety reason, then you might mentally lose him. You might check out. But on the flip side, if that's the case, well, then you know. you know. And I'm not saying that's what would happen, but if that were to happen, you know then, okay, well, this isn't the guy. Um, you know, and, and the biggest defender of Derek in that building last year was John Gruden. So that was the first thing I thought was when John left was, okay, well, how does this go going forward? Now you look at Rich Versace, who's a head coach for the first time at any level in a career that started in 1983. Does he see himself as simply a caretaker to get to the end of the season? Um, he's an in-game manager, as he told me. He's not necessarily – he's not a play caller, obviously. And he's a special teams guy who works with players from both sides of the ball. So does he feel that he has the authority, really, even though he's quote-unquote coach, to make that decision? And then again, the third thing here is maybe Mark Davis told him, hey, just, you know, Steer the ship, don't do anything crazy, and, and we'll, we'll figure this thing out at the end. I mean, there's so much. Uh, a lot of people are being tight-lipped, and, uh, you know, you're right. The funniest, the funniest thing about this whole thing is what Hannah Renfro said. If they do go on a four-game <laughs> run here, yeah, they're probably in the playoffs. So um, it's just one of those just strange, strange seasons because, as, as I wrote, after they lost to the Bengals, you know, going into Dallas, I thought they'd get blown out in Dallas, and after that presser, or in that presser, is when Derek Carr called me out specifically and said, Paul, you were wrong in your prediction. Uh, well, guess what? I was wrong the next week, too, when I thought they would win, and they lost, and then yesterday I was right again. So it's just a strange season where up is down, black is white, everything else. It's, it's very bizarre. Well, we know what's going to happen. They're going to win the next two. They're going to give themselves some legitimate playoff hopes again. We're going to be talking about, uh-oh, if they get another win and certain teams lose, all of a sudden they've got a legitimate chance here, and then they lose the last two weeks of the season by like 30 points each. Or it could come down to just that last game and they lose to the Chargers. Because <laughs> I saw that happen too, 10 years ago. Hugh Jackson, they have a home game. All they got to do is beat the Chargers at home to get in, and they get blown out. It's just, it's, it's just on repeat, nonstop. It's, 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 it's amazing. And like I said earlier, it's breathtaking. Well, he is Paul Gutierrez from ESPN. Paul, we appreciate your time this morning.
Hey, and no shout out to the Lady Rebels winning the volleyball national tournament last night, huh? They did. They won. They won the volleyball uh, NIT. Basically, is what it is. is yeah, it? yeah. They, all, all five games on the road. I think the rodeo forced them to not get any home games in that. And they won all five of them. So congratulations cool. on that. Very cool. Thanks, Paul. Bye, guys. Take care. So there is Paul Gutierrez, who has been covering the Raiders for way too long. <laughs> it sounded like he was having a hard time getting through. He's just like, I don't know. Like It sounded like he was on the other end of the phone, and his hand was clearly on his forehead, and he's just not even eyes closed, just just nodding his head back and forth. There definitely was a feeling of, I'm going to have to cover some random guy they're going to draft in the second round who's going to be the quarterback next year, and it's just going to be the same thing. They're going to commit 10 years to this random second-round pick. Man, well, I, th- I, I, I actually think that that whole interview, he just kind of went back from previous interviews, and he just <laughs> was like... <laughs> He's like, answer BQ, and he just was just going by the numbers. It's just it's the sad truth about the Raiders. It's just like, when is something going to change? Can I give you, we're getting rave reviews on Twitter today Yeah, um, from RJ. Please never have that comedian on again. Worst segment of radio I've ever heard. You got it. Are you sure they're not talking about me? What segment exactly? Everything. Which one? Yeah. Uh, one of the last. <laughs> it's been one, a few of them. One of the last two, <laughs> I assume. I don't know. He sent it after we had done two hours of radio. Okay, so could have been could have been the whole two hours, maybe. But he just said segment, so I'll take that. You'll take that. The I, other you know segments what? were good, is what you're. I, I think from what that. we're missing is character. Man, you are you are king at spinning. This is a positive. That's what it is, you dude. I got. I, I have character. I should be playing for the Raiders. Uh, I thought that. I thought that was an excellent. Uh, Excellent turn by Paul, who went, uh, oh, that's not in Derek Carr's character. And it's just like, well, at least he's got that part of his character. Got that going for him. All right, coming up next, I'm going to talk to Gooch about UNLV basketball. Bischoff's Briefs. Throwing out random numbers authoritatively is the best to pass as a baseball expert. Bischoff's Briefs. By the way, it's commendable how many baseball players care so deeply about the equal rights amendment. Bischoff's briefs. Somebody get me some antibiotics because that ball is gonorrhea. Bischoff's briefs. Gooch, this is a fun segment. I like fun. For me, not for anybody else. Where I pretend I'm smarter than everybody else. I do that a lot anyways, but... That's part of your charm. This is when Ed Graney clears out, gives me the ball, and lets me go ISO one-on-one. All right. You're Allen Iverson. No, I'm more efficient than Allen Iverson. Okay. Very mm. inefficient mid-range jumping. Jumpers. Not not a fan. You're Damon Stoudemire. <laughs> what? I <know>. <laughs> <laughs> Just wanted to just uh, you're Alonzo, just dust that off. You're why Alonzo would Damon, Mourning. Why would yeah. David Stoudemire even be on your mind? Yeah, who cares? That's not for you to ask. So I'm going to talk to you about UNLV basketball. My oh. assumption is that you have not watched a single second of UNLV play basketball. I, it's hard watching UNLV sports. Okay. That's a fair assessment of UNLV. Yeah. <laughs> they won on Saturday. They beat Hartford 95 to 78. First fun fact for you, uh, their attendance was 3,257. They gave away 2,500 free tickets to that game. Mm. Now, this is after they played at Mandalay Bay on Wednesday, and their attendance was 637. Uh, 
637. It sounds like the rest of the city is pretty much agreeing with me. Yes, they are, 100%. No doubt about it. But they boosted that to 3,200 by okay. giving away 2,500 free tickets. Well, yeah, of course. You can boost it all you want by giving away free things. Well, actually, I, I don't think so. Like, if they gave away 10,000 free tickets, 10,000 people weren't showing up to watch that. I'm not saying 10,000, but maybe like a quarter of that, 2,500, huh? That was quite the circular argument from you. So, <laughs> that's your fun fact number one. Fun fact number two, I like this one a lot. So, UNLV has played at three different arenas in Las Vegas this year. Yes. Thomas and Mac, T-Mobile Arena, and now at Mandalay Bay. At Thomas and Mac this year... Their three-point shooting is 28%. At T-Mobile Arena, their three-point shooting is 38%. And at Mandalay Bay, it's 43%. All right, we need to blow up the Thomas and Mac. <laughs> they got to host the rodeo. I'm finding just solutions. Just leave the rodeo down. Just leave all the dirt down. Then just take a sledgehammer to the rims. They're no longer allowed to play it. Thomas right. Mack anymore. But T-Mobile and Michelob Ultra Arena are good to go. Please let it rip. They're good to play there because they're shooting very well from three. At let it rain, arenas. boys. Yeah, very well. Now, this is where I'm going to talk at you about something that you're know, just, just going to gloss over you. But this is for the UNLV fans. Talk at me. All right. UNLV took a season-high 37 free throws in that game against Hartford. The reason that's important, first off, free throws are efficient. You want free throws. Normally, if you shoot a lot of free throws, that's that's good for your offense. You're going to score more points when you shoot more free throws. So you want free throws. But you and know, we got them because they are attacking the rim more than they have earlier in the season. Yes, a lot of this is because they played Hartford, who is one of the worst teams on their schedule, right? That is a, a big deal here, that they're playing a bad team and not playing a good team. But you and LV earlier in this year basically seemed like they had no rules as far as which players should be taking which shots, if that makes sense. Like guys, everybody had a green light basically to take whatever shot they wanted. Kevin Kruger has tried to, in the last two weeks, scale that back a lot and say, you know, these are bad shots. These are good shots. Stop taking the bad shots. Take the good shots. They've done that the last two games. They have done a lot better job at getting to the rim instead of settling for a shot from 15 feet away. Then a much better job at getting all the way to the rim. We saw it with Donovan Williams and Bryce Hamilton in these last couple of games, Adam Williams took 15 free throws in the win over Hartford, but that the free throws are a side effect because when you pull up and shoot a shot from 15 feet, like Allen Iverson would do, you don't get to the free throw line, right? You're not getting fouled very often on a mid range jumper, but when you go to the rim, a, you're going to get more layups because you're at the rim, but B, you're also going to get more free throw attempts. And both of those are very efficient. You want three shots in basketball, the layup, the free throw, and the three-pointer, right? Those are the three shots that could be called efficient. Going to the rim helps you get two of those three and actually helps you get the third one too because if you actually get to the rim, help defenders crash in and you can kick it out for open threes, which they did a good job of as well. UNLV was awful the first seven games of the season offensively, eight games of the season offensively, just dreadful on the offensive end, just looked terrible. The last two games, they've looked a lot better. And again, very important detail, Seattle and Hartford are not very good, right? They're not doing this against good teams. They're doing it against bad teams, but it's a good sign going forward. Their offense looks significantly better because the guys with the ball in their hand, the guys that are taking the most shots are trying to get to the rim without any abandon. Like it's, it's just put your head down, get to the rim. Don't care what's happening rather than pulling up for a 15 foot shot. That's a good sign going forward. Now they play Omaha on Wednesday. Omaha also bad. They play San Diego uh, next week, 
San Diego a little bit better, but still not good. They're not going to play another good team until San Diego State to open conference play on January 1st. And that's when we'll kind of learn, oh, they actually can do this against a good team. But at least for now, even though it's bad teams, they're getting shots. They're doing what they should be doing to get to the rim and get free throws, which if they can continue to do that in Mountain West play, they'll actually have a semi-competent offense in Mountain West play. Whereas earlier in this year, it looked like their offense was going to be dreadful and they'd never score again. See, I just want to see how often they do this to bad teams. Like how often they have they the same exact game plan before I jump row. on board and say, Hey, looks like they're turning, turning the corner. I want to see, can they dominate more bad teams with this style of play? And then obviously when they play San Diego state, that's the right. true test, right? Yes. If they revert over these next two games and they shoot a lot of mid range jumpers, then they got big problems, but presumably they'll keep doing this. Their offense is going to look good in the next two games. And then they'll play San Diego state. Who's really good. And if they can do it to San Diego State, they'll have a chance to win that game. And you'll look ahead saying, all right, this team might be better than we thought in Mountain West play. They play San Diego State, and all of a sudden they've thrown up 20 mid-range jumpers in that game. Yeah, we're looking around saying, all right, they could do it against Omaha. They could do it against Hartford. But when they play good teams in the Mountain West, they're going to struggle. Someone release some locusts into the Thomas and Mac. <laughs> so that way, <laughs> that shooting percentage will go up sky high. If it plays at the T-Mobile or... I like the idea of the Locusts, them playing while the Locusts are in Thomas. Oh, now we're talking. And somehow that making them better shooters. It's just, I love it. I, You know what? Well, it'll be like Rapture Basketball. Rapture Basketball. Yes. Frogs falling from the ceiling. Frogs falling from the ceiling. Make this three of the world ends. Uh-huh. The pressure is on. It's raining blood. Let's do it. Oh, boy. <laughs> Sounds scary. <laughs> Coming up next. Now we need a vampire on the basketball team. Adam Hill joins the show. Uh Uh-oh. Congratulations to the fans, first of all, for doing what they do and doing it so well, man. They're loud, and it makes a difference. You know, it makes a difference when teams can't hear themselves think out there. Joining us now from the Review Journal and Cofield & Company is Adam Hill. And all right, Adam, uh, all I know is that you and Gooch here went to high school together. Did you guys, like, actually know each other in high school? Uh, Yeah, in high school, we knew each other, you know, pretty well, for sure. I think we became even more friends outside of high school. We were roommates for a while, Tyler. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah. I did not know that yeah. detail. Adam earned the name Tsunami when we were back in those days. Do I get to know why? Uh, because he got super no. drunk and he burst into a room. <laughs> and they said he just came in like a tsunami. And that's pretty much how the name stuck. And he also earned the name Big Dog because he was a big Glenn Robinson fan and he also and he always wore purple. Uh, no, not always, but sure. I mean, that, that's pretty good. Um, I didn't know it was story hour. Uh, I do appreciate you guys having me on the Tyler Explains Things to Gooch show. It's my favorite show. Yeah. Well, see, I occasionally get things like Scarface explained to me, and I explain, you know, basketball to Gooch. Uh, yes. The, the concept of mid-range jumpers being bad, I think, is going to be a lost one on, on Gooch. Yeah, I didn't I didn't really try to go deep down that one. Off, I but. think you, you just go for the most points you can every single time. <laughs> why, aren't, why, why aren't players going for the dunk every single time? That's not worth three. If you're going for the most points, you should shoot a three every time. It's about the process, not the scoreboard. Obviously, you guys ended up playing Live 95. <laughs> sure. Uh, me and Gooch have had some epic battles in that. Uh, I think Gooch is better off just explaining that Locust should be released into arenas than, you know, the <laughs> analytics side of things. Hey, look, 
I've heard I've heard other I've heard other sports guys come on shows all the training and I'm like I could do that job and guess what I'm doing it right now. Sure. Exactly. I'm not saying I'm not saying I'm not saying you come to me for the facts. <laughs> you come to me for fun. All right, uh, Adam. An important question for you. Sure. You, you call him Gooch, even though you knew him before. Before I assume he was called Gooch. Yeah, sure, it's Brandon. But I mean, it, he's on the air, so I'm, you know, I'm trying to you know, live up to his, you know, moniker. But like, he... but like when you like, if it's not a radio and like we're not on the radio, you just saw him. Would you call him Gooch? I don't think so. Okay. I don't. I mean, I, do you actually? Here's the thing: Do you actually address people like you people you know really, really well? You don't like address. You don't walk up like. Hello, Brandon. How are you today? He's like, right. Know, That's fair. That's a good like, point. Like, yeah. Hey, what's up, bro? You know, you know. Yeah, but you with you and I is usually an insult in there. That's how our relationship has been right. built: is just <laughs> trying to tear each other down and make them feel yeah, bad I, about I, it. I, <laughs> really I, attack I, that self-esteem. All right, Gooch, yeah. I have an important question for you. Hmm. Let's say you're you're at an event. You need to get an Uber ride because you have an appointment, a very important appointment somewhere that you need to get to. And you check and you see that the Uber rides are ridiculously expensive. We're talking like over a hundred bucks, right? Would you get in a car with an old man that drives up and offers to take you to your appointment for much cheaper than what the Uber ride would cost? Oh man. See, there's no guarantee that that old guy is going to take me to where I go. I probably. Can I, gonna... Hold on. Can I throw one extra scenario in there? All right, okay. go for it. Yeah. So this, this scenario is completely accurate, but the other aspect of this is not only is the Uber very expensive, but the Uber is not going to get you to where you need to go in time to catch your flight. Right. You're going to miss, you're going to miss the appointment yeah. or flight Sure. Yeah. if you take an Uber. But an old man's there. He'll do it for about a third the price, and he'll get you there on time. Now, how does this old man know that you're in a hurry, by the way? Yeah, Adam, how did he know you were in a hurry? Panic, I think, was the accurate thing. And did you trust him, Adam? Uh, not completely, but it was really the only option. Because uh, this, this is what Adam did. He shared this story with us a couple weeks ago. He was in Dallas. He had to get from the Cowboys Stadium to the airport. His Uber was going to be like, what did you say, $170 or something like that? Yeah. And, yeah. and I was, and was going to miss the flight. Right. And it wasn't going to get there in time, so... Eventually, some old man pulled up to him and said, yeah. "Do you need a ride?" I'll get. I'll do it for fifty bucks and a and Chick Fil A gift card. That's what basically what it was. <laughs> and Adam yeah. got in the car and went with him. Okay, when Tyler, when you were explaining this story to me, did you notice how my eyebrows didn't jump up <laughs> at all whatsoever? There was no surprise. I've known Adam for like twenty-five years. I am not shocked by this whatsoever. <laughs> this is typical Adam Hill behavior. In his forties, he still plays this game. But would you have done it? No. No. Okay. I mean, no. I made the flight. Yeah, he's alive. Yeah, but at the same time, though, I mean, like, Adam. Adam's a big guy. He could fight off an old man. I'm very, I'm very skinny. I'm very skinny. Yeah, that was his logic. Because I could take him. Yeah, exactly. I could take him. I mean, come on. Adam's gonna lay lay him out with one of those ham hock fist of his. Come on, old man doesn't have a chance. It was part of the calculations for sure. Mm -hmm. Adam just looked at him and it's. His vision just looked how a Terminator sees things, where he just always sees his analytics and numbers, zeroes in on the old man's soft points. <laughs> uh, actually, Adam, can you do us a favor? We had Ryan Wallace try earlier. Can you explain offsides in hockey to Gooch? <laughs> no, how long is your show? <laughs> <laughs> I need a diagram. I need a dry erase board. <laughs> oh, boy, I mean, I... The, ba the very basic of it, yes. You can't. 
you can't cross a line until the puck has crossed that line. That makes sense, right? Yeah. Right? You got Here's that. the thing. I know what offsides is. I just couldn't <laughs> describe it to you, but I know what it is. Do you? Yeah. I don't trust you. So, like, basically, Wait. yeah, the puck goes all the way. I know what it is. It would just take <laughs> me describing it to you would take two hours. Hold on. Hold on. I think you were about to describe icing. Okay. You're probably right. Look, I'm just here for the violence. <laughs> what a mess. It is a mess. All right. Uh, which of you two is more likely to lead your team to stomp on the other team's logo before a football game? Oh, oh hold on. That's Gooch. That's me. <laughs> That's me 100%. Who's, who's, who's more likely to let their emotions just completely overtake all logic and sanity? Uh, that's Brandon. Yeah, uh, 100%. Okay, I like how you said I like how you used my real name. Yes. <laughs> You're like, look, I want to hammer home just real. how insane Brandon is. <laughs> He's fun on air, but when you sure. live with him, it's a whole it's it's one flew over the cuckoo's nest. Uh Adam, so accurate. Gooch and I do a show on Saturday from the Treasure Island and I've listened. One of the very good. one of the first things that he told me was that he didn't have a window at the time, that somehow his window was broken. What I do not know is how that window became broken. And based on what you just told me about emotions getting the best of him, how do you think his window was broken? Uh, so, so, Brandon, did you or did you not ever throw a phone through a window? Uh, a phone? Yes. Did I throw a phone? You did. Adam, did you okay, throw you did. something okay. else? I like how I'm like, I'm like, a phone? I'm like, I know I've thrown yeah. something. Was it a phone? And Adam, and then Adam just cuts me off and goes, you did. <laughs> you did. Uh, have you thrown a chair through a laundry room door? Let's not get technical. Okay. Have, <laughs> have you thrown a gallon of milk at someone? Uh, well, that's after they put wet bread in my mouth when I wasn't expecting <laughs> it. Okay. So I think we've, we've kind of established a, a pattern of yeah, exactly. Monday through mouth? Friday, three to nine on Comp ninety two point three. How did this person get bread in your mouth? Uh, they you? ran up behind me and put wet bread in my mouth. It wasn't a good look. Are you like a mouth breather? It just—I almost gagged. I was drinking, and I almost gagged because it was so gross. <laughs> then I'm like, you know what? There's only one way to get even here: grab an ingredient that goes in and making bread, and then whip it at your friend. So there was. So wait, this was like homemade bread. No, no, no. I was just oh. talking about an ingredient, a okay. ingredient. But, okay, why milk? Like, was there just it milk was just around? There. Or did you specifically seek out, I'm it, going for the milk in the It fridge. was the first thing. It was the one thing that was in my hand when I was when my rage took over and my friend walked okay, through the Okay, why door. was it in your hand? That's what I'm getting at. Why was there milk in your hand? I you like cookies. <laughs> <laughs> That's why you would have milk in your hand. You don't. You, listen, these are good surface-level stories, Tyler. You don't want to dig too deep on, on a lot of things. You don't. You don't. Because I have been working on myself for so long. This is the thing. This is the one thing with Adam, okay? Are you dragging you back down? I have gone through years of therapy. I really have, Adam. And, I've, and I think, and it's like, but then Adam's always there to be like, no, no, no. No, no, no. You're still 20 years old, getting bad tattoos. Worst tattoo you have? Worst tattoo I have? I have a big stupid one on my back that it's like, what are you doing? What is it? It's like a spider web thing. It looks dumb. It's very how dumb. Much is it, how big is it? It's how very much big. Oh, Adam, oh how my, big is it? Oh, my God. Is it like Ben Affleck size? It's big. It's, it's Yeah, it's like it's, Anthony yeah. Kiedis tattoo, you know, like big back tattoo. It looks stupid. Oh, man. All right. So you regret this about as much as a TikTok I'm about to reference for you. 
Girl on TikTok posted a TikTok. She got her boyfriend's name tattooed down her spine. Alexander, all the way from neck to butt crack. She got broken up with two days later. Wow. Uh, Number one, you couldn't have just gotten Alex. You got to get the rest of the names. Alex would have just taken up, like, you know, the top halfway down the back. Alexander's the whole back. Yep. Got to commit. And the boyfriend didn't know. Like, she didn't show it to him. Before that, he broke up. That is her. a discussion you have to have <laughs> before you get spouse's name tattooed on you. It's like, look, do you love me enough to let every do you love me enough so that I can let everyone else know that I'm a stupid person by getting your name tattooed on me? If you had discussed the spider web tattoo with Adam, would he have talked you out of it? He would have talked me into it and he probably would have <laughs> Yeah, this is Adam we're talking about. Anything that he could push me towards failure, he's gonna do. Is there an actual spider on this spider? No, web? no, no. It's just a really bad it's like a I look like a juggalo. It's like it's a bad juggalo <laughs> tattoo. It's sad. <laughs> I didn't know this was going to be like therapy hour here That's on ESPN. Exactly. I, 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 I didn't I, know this was going to be let's break down Gooch fra- like like a fraction. I, I'm shocked that I'm somehow coming like I'm going to come out of this sounding like a functional adult. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 highly well, functional. Well, this yeah. is what happens. Uh, you see, you got to understand something, Jared. I wear three quarter sleeve T shirts so I can hide the stupid tattoos, <laughs> you know. And I, I I make sure that I look like I'm a normal human being. But when you get into it, oh no. My whole thought process was I knew I knew like very little about you, but I do know you told me you went to high school with Adam Hill. So I thought, you know what? Let's have Adam Hill on the show when Gooch is filling in and just see what happens. I am. Let's, let's also be clear, uh, Tyler. We were in very different wings of the high school. Yes, exactly. Like Adam was in the high school, <laughs> and I was out uh, in one of those uh, trailers. What did they call him, Adam? Portables. Portables. Yes, that's where I was. I wasn't allowed. I wasn't allowed to 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 enjoy the central air conditioning that was at Silverado. They're like outside, stupid. And I'm like, okay, is this where the pizza's at? Uh, Taking consumer math. Adam, does Gooch try to make you feel bad about ending up like in the same type of job despite his poor history? Because he does that to me all the time. I did do that, Adam. Oh no, I don't. I don't think so at all. No, no, because this is what I told Tyler. I said, Tyler's very, as you know, Tyler's very educated. He knows his P's and Q's, knows the X's and O's, and he's probably making less than me. (laughs) And that just fills my heart up with joy. (laughs) The way you phrased it was that I went to college and you went to jail. I I didn't go to jail. I've been handcuffed, but not jail. Oh, my God. I'm apparently the fusion of the two of you. Yeah, buddy. Yeah. That's the thing. We had some guy, they're like, this is the worst segment of radio I've ever heard. I'm like, I'm not here to talk sports. I'm here to talk life. Real uh, stuff. Was, that, was, was your experience in handcuffs, uh, did it happen at a cookie jar concert? I mean, you know, let's, <laughs> let's not split hairs here. Was Adam Hill Wait present? Maybe. You brought up this cookie jar guy. I did bring up cookie jar. Throw the flag. I didn't want to bring up my one you violent moment the story with, with you in handcuffs. Well, there was a uh, holding out. There was a guy. He punched my friend in the face. My friend was a female. I saw her fly across the dance floor, and then one thing led to another, and I ended up a handcuffed. So <laughs> I'm pretty sure the statute of limitations is already up. <laughs> All right, he's Adam Hill. This went this went as well as I expected. Thank you, Adam. Uh, Raiders played well yesterday, Tyler. They did. Uh, they <laughs> they did very well, as well as a interview. Thanks for that insight. <laughs> no problem.
there's Adam Hill from the Review Journal, Cofield and Company, and the same high school, kind of. I'm gonna go on. I'm gonna go on record and say Adam Hill has done many, many, many ready radio segments. Okay, <laughs> that might have been his all-time favorite one, to where he could tear me down to that level. He was. Oh God, he was licking his fingertips. He's excited. He's delicious. Yeah. As soon as he realized what was happening there, that we weren't going to ask him about like the Raiders or the Golden Knights. Yeah. He's like, oh, wait, wait, wait. You mean, you mean I get to tear down my, my friend? Right. I can't wait. All right. Coming up next, I hope to find Have out. Have you thrown a phone through a window? And you uh, paused. A phone? Yeah. Explain. <laughs> yes. was, it a, was it a razor? <sighs> All right. We've got Disney on ice tickets. It's the Press Box holiday hookup. Disney on Ice is coming to Thomas and Mac January 6th Disney on Ice like the segment we the just night. did. And we got a four pack of tickets for you plus you'll be entered to win a 55 inch smart TV. 702-364-1100 is the phone number. You'll get Disney on Ice tickets plus a shot at winning a new TV. 702-364-1100. We will take caller number 11 at 702-364-1100. Yeah, that does mean a lot to me. It really does. This robbery does mean a lot to me. I'm, I'm almost an adult in Green Bay. I've lived here for 17 years. I know how much this robbery means to our fans. To be a part of part of it has been really special. Obviously, to follow Brett and know what you know how successful he was over his time and how many big games he played in against them. I knew I was you know three from tying and four from breaking. So I'm definitely gonna hang on to that ball. That ball is, a, is an important one. You're locked in the press box. Ed Graney's out the entire week. Oh, by the way, congrats to Sal. Sal won the Disney on Ice tickets, press box holiday hookup. Jared, we have more to give away throughout the week? As of right now, All right. sometimes our giveaways disappear. That's okay. So, Ed Graney's out the entire week. Gooch has filled in. You regret it? Uh, no, I was, I was, you're like, Gooch is filled in. And I was like, then it was like ellipsis. And I was thinking you were going to say like admirably. And there was, there was none oh, of that. Oh, no, no, no. There no was none of that. No, no, there no was chance. none of that. Adequately? Yeah, I'm getting myself adequate. Do you regret it? No. Okay. Why would I regret it? I, Adam Hill came in here and made you relive some of your past. Did you sound like you're trying to bury? Well, yeah, I mean, I'm burying it. But then again, I have to laugh at it. I mean, what am I going to do? the opposite of burying it. Well, you laugh at, well, that's what you got to do. You got to laugh at the pain. It's also really early in the morning and you just, you got to do a show over on comp later today. I'm very delirious right now. Yeah. Yeah. You going to make it? Yeah. I mean, did, of course. Did we decrease the quality of your show on comp by making you come in no, today? No, you just decreased the quality on this show. <laughs> well, that was a given. Yeah. But we knew that when we signed up. Did you? Yes. Did you? 100%. <laughs> no doubt in my mind. Comp's going to go off w- without a hitch. Comp's going to go off without a yeah, hitch. Yeah, with All me. Right. with me. At the, I'm Aaron Rodgers, bro. Relax, everybody. Relax. I got Relax. the confidence. You're I got Aaron the Rogers. I got the confidence. Are you, are you to trying even, to tell us you're unvaccinated? And you're uh, no, immunized? I'm trying to tell you that uh, Joe Rogan tells me what to do, and I listen like a, like a drone. I'm just saying, <laughs> believe in yourself. That's what happens when it, it's what happens when I get into a, uh, get a microphone in front of my face. It doesn't matter. None of this matters. You just run your mouth. It's fine. It's beautiful. I love talking on a microphone. What's the worst? What's the worst that's going to happen? You're going to get mean, fired. <laughs> You're going to get fired. I'll was, find another microphone. <laughs> I was going to say, I don't know if you've heard me speak several times today. That's probably about the worst <laughs> that could happen whenever you give someone a microphone. Yes. Let it go. Someone's going to like it. Someone's going to like it. How many people do you think liked it today? Maybe, you know, 
Ryan did. My mom? Yeah, Ryan Wallace did like it. Thank you, Ryan. Ringing endorsement. He said you, to have Gooch on more often. I like it. Thank you, Ryan. Maybe it's because I just make him sound that much more intelligent. Maybe. Also, apparently you made him a sandwich. Yeah, you know. Or bought him a sandwich. One of the yeah. two. I can't remember. We go way back with the sandwich game. That's how you build that's how you build everlasting friendships. You never brought me a sandwich. Well, I mean, I'm talking friendships here. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. That's fine. I just give you the tip of the cap. I'm gonna put some wet bread <laughs> in your mouth if you're not careful. <laughs> Call back. I mean, we like that would have been an is... excellent like thing, joke to end on. We still got like a minute. Yeah, yeah I know. Oh, that's man. what we do all the time. Um, I'm just gonna make sure there's no milk around. Yeah, and I'm safe, right? Yeah, exactly. This is what it is. You just got to make sure there's no dairy, and it's not gonna break Mach one. That's how hard I throw, bro. When Adam Hill asked you about throwing a phone through a window. How many other objects went through your mind? It's like, well, I threw that through a window. Oh, let's see here. There's been a rock. There's been a uh, Super Nintendo controller. All right. I have an important question <laughs> on all of these. Have they been all thrown from the inside of a house out the window or have they been thrown from the outside? It's 50-50. Okay. Important. <laughs> now, the Sometimes key Sometimes you got to throw something in in order to break the window to get in so you can throw <laughs> stuff out. The worst part about it is it's been like 25 years that this has happened since. You know what I mean? That's like there are, there are NFL players right now. They have longer rap sheets, and you will never <laughs> ask them a question about that. Except we go, let's make sure that we focus the last 10 seconds of this show on Gooch throwing things out of windows and into windows. Well, we started talking about character in the Raiders, and now we got to end with your character and throwing things out windows. I'm the only thing that could save them.